Hey, it's Lo. Hi, I'm Haley. And, and we, we are Wrestling Wind Down. On this special episode of Wrestling Wind Down, we are taking you into our hometown of Las Vegas and speaking with a local wrestler who had the opportunity to wrestle for the first time ever in front of a live audience at All Elite Wrestling's Double or Nothing. Demon Cotton is a 23-year-old Las Vegas local who has been wrestling at the Future Stars of Wrestling, also known as FSW, since early this year. So grab your glass of wine. We're going in for the three count. So, Demon, you had the amazing opportunity to wrestle with the Canadian tag team Super Smash Bros to take down the Young Bucks. Tell us about what was going through your head during this. Yeah, it was my first time in front of any audience of note. Um, I think it was over 17,000, something like that. But just getting there from the beginning of the day, just being backstage, seeing other wrestlers that were a part of the show, um, Cody and Chris Jericho's basically pre-show pep talk was amazing to have you know it made me feel real special because they told everybody that you're here for a reason that you know let's go out and change the world so that was like a real big I was already amped up off of that it was a real good experience overall and then once the once it was time for me to go on it was a quick we had a rehearsal before we went through it was like okay the lights are going to be off so remember that so it was just like we ran through we got in position we talked to and Helico, Jack Evans, the best friends, before we went on, told them like, what the actual spot was going to be because we were working with Evil Uno and Studos. So that was, that was all before the show. And then once it was time to get in position, as soon as the match ends, we're all in position. And it was a very quick two to three minutes of work, but it was like the most exhilarating time I ever had. You know, um, Evil Uno, before we go on, he gives us like these black charcoal pills and it's like to make our tongues and our mouths black. And it's just like spit it out because we're supposed to be like these evil minions. And it was just like, okay, that's a little, you know, that was a little, you know, trying to chew that up as I'm running. That was a little bit like, I hope I don't fall, hope I don't fall. Because the one thing that they told us to watch out for were the still steps. So I thought that was funny. One guy did bump into the still steps. But, you know, that's just hilarious because we were just running in the dark, so the lights go out, and then we run and get in position. The lights come on. The lights come on again, even when on Studos are in the ring. Lights go out, and then we're hanging off of the ropes, like almost in the ring. And then we go into position on who we're beating up. I was beating up in Helico. You know, he was real tough to bring down. And then we just beat him up, and then they do their moves. They have some great finishers. They're out of Canada. A lot of people don't know them. They're Super Smash Bros. But I think one of the reasons that if you watch the show, like you would be like, they didn't say their name. Maybe it would be like a copyright issue because, you know, Super Smash Bros, you know, that's um, a big, you know, Mario. Yeah. You know, a big name that, you know, maybe they can't use that like on national television, you know, with them being like not an indie promotion anymore. So how did you feel with people asking or people chanting, who are you? Because I know I was in the arena and the whole section I was in, no one had any idea who you guys were. It's one of those issues where they are a Canadian-based act. Maybe if you watched um, some PWG, but that's still pretty small indie-based. They have great matches. They're great in-ring. But if you're not up-to-date on these these very small indie shows, you might not be familiar with them. This is their first big-time exposure in America. These are two guys that are French-Canadian. When they're not, when they're not, when they weren't speaking to us, they were speaking French. 
I'm just saying that to like further amplify that these guys, this is not their home turf. So for people to say, who are you? They're not wrong to not know who they are. Right. Because this is their first experience here in the States, pretty much on a big stage like that. How did you get involved with Double or Nothing? Did someone come into FSW where you train or how did the whole situation go? Yes, um, a few days before the show, Michael Marshall, he's a producer with AEW. He's also a wrestler as well. He came down to um, the FSW Training Center with uh, Dustin Rhodes. And Dustin got in the ring. We were running practice matches. Dustin got in the ring. He was offering pointers with people. And people were just, like, so psyched to be in the ring with Go Dust. You know, it's like, Go Dust is, like, telling me how to tweak this move or how I should run and do, like, this this um, hip attack or something like that. And then Michael was on the outside. He was just, like, gathering people, like, hey, you doing anything Saturday? You know, he gathered up 10 guys, and that was pretty much how it was. Is, um, they came down to the school. They told us that they needed some talent for the show. They didn't tell us what we were going to be doing. We were all just excited to we're going to be a part of Double or Nothing in some in some fashion. There wasn't even like a guarantee that you were going to be used. But there was a, hey, don't worry if you don't get used, you're still going to get paid all the same. And a part of like them coming down to FSW as well, the Jerichos were also FSW talent too. So they already knew like, okay, we got the Jerichos from those guys. Let's just go get some more guys for this for this other spot that we need. So tell us a little bit of how you got into wrestling. Uh, yes, I've always been a fan of wrestling. It's always been one of those passions of just, like, I love watching professional wrestling. I can't get enough of it. And a few months back, quit my job. I was a manager at a sporting goods store and just quit my job. And I was like, you know what? Quit my job on Friday. I was up taking bumps by Tuesday. My first class, D'Lo Brown was there. He was the trainer for the day. And he just had me taking bumps. And it was like one of those days of I get home at the end of the day, my back is all bruised, I feel sore, I can hardly move my neck. But it was one of those experiences that made me feel like, why haven't I been doing this my whole life? Did wrestling in front of an audience make you realize that this is what you want to do with your life? How did you feel after that experience? After Double or Nothing, I felt like this is great. This is one of the best nights of my life. Like, the high of being in the ring for two minutes, like nothing else is going to compare to this. So just that experience, that experience altogether from being there, from being in the back of catering, watching a few matches in Gorilla, talking to someone like Tommy Dreamer, just those experiences are just that where well, you can't, they're priceless is, is what people would say to be a little cheesy. Now that you're in wrestling, how do you, do you have, like, a different mentality watching WWE or any other promotion, or do you still feel the same way? Like, do you watch it as a fan, or do you watch it more as a wrestler, if that makes sense? Oh, that makes total sense. And I'm still getting my worker brain, as some guys would say in the business. I'm still getting my worker brain used to watching wrestling as a worker. Uh, some, uh, a few guys were hassling me. I was just watching, I was just watching like, an AJ Styles match on my phone, and they were like, oh, look at him. He's still a fan. And they were just giving me a hard time, but I do still watch as a fan because I don't, some, like all of the wrestling terminology of how to orchestrate a match, how to set up a match, the comeback, all those words that most non-fans won't know, I still watch, I still like to watch wrestling just as a fan because right. first and foremost, if you're, you're going to be in the business, you've got to be a fan of wrestling. Yeah. 
you train here in Las Vegas, Nevada at FSW. Um, how has your experience been with them? And talk a little bit more about the people that you've met along the way. Everyone that I train with is pretty great. The the other wrestlers that are at the promotion, there are some guys that you think, like you watch them on the indies and you just think, oh, man, that guy's like pretty you think it's like, because you think their wrestlers are larger than life. Like, there's a guy, Chris Bay. He's the FSW heavyweight champion. And I was like, I've seen some of his matches. He went viral off of a spot that was pretty funny, but dangerous where the ring breaks on him. And that was a very, it was a very viral spot. And it's just like, ah, man, it's... And then, like, I finally meet him, and I was just like, ah, this is Chris Bay. I've seen his matches. Like, he's worked with, like, Shane Strickland. And just most of the people there are pretty nice. The trainers are great. You got D'Lo Brown, Kenny King. Kenny's one of those guys, he's, like, full of energy. Like, so when he does come, it's like, you know, you're going to get a good class. D'Lo likes to work your mind when D'Lo comes to class. So D'Lo's really, like, well, the first day I met him, he had me taking bumps like crazy. But now it's just more of, like, ask me questions, like, actually, like, how how to work a match and Character-wise, like, D'Lo's real great with that stuff, you know, from being in WWE for so long. We got Sin Bodhi. You know, he's traveled the world. Some might know him. He was Kazarni in WWE, and he's pretty great. He's one of my favorite coaches. So the atmosphere all around is just great. Can you see yourself wrestling professionally in the future? Yes, I really can because it's one of those things you get out what you put in. I've only been doing this a few months but I already see the progression and people tell me that hey you're coming along nicely like one of the junior coaches that I work with a lot is um Cody Hancock his wrestling name is Cutthroat Cody and he really it's just like sharpening iron where it's just like I'm just fine-tuning all of my work my craft just trying to become different and have something to stand out so when I am ready to be on a show that I will be be used um, a couple of months is pretty early to want to be on a show, but I want to say in six months or so, by the end of the year, I should be on shows at FSW regularly. So a lot of people online are saying that with the introduction of All Elite Wrestling, it's going to turn into a war with WWE. What do you think about that? Do you think that's true or do you think people are just kind of going over the top with it? I wouldn't say a war because at the end of the day, WWE is always going to say that their competition is Disney or the NBA, the NFL, what all what AEW needs to do is just focus on making their product the best that it can be. And it's okay to be an alternative instead of trying to, because you, you're not going to, they're not, WWE is not going to go bankrupt anytime soon. I think that's what some people want, like take yeah. down the evil empire. Well, they're still going to be there. But if AEW can carve out an audience and, hey, if you don't want to watch that on Monday or coming up Friday, that's going to be when they get the Fox deal. If you don't want to watch that on Monday or Friday, we're going to have something when they have their TNT TV show that comes out. Right. And, re- and more wrestling is great competition. It's just um, competition isn't the word that I want to use. But if there is more, if there are more places to work, then that's great for the business. If you have options to say, hey, I don't really like um, John Moxley. He's a great he's a great example of just like. I don't really like what they're doing with my character or I feel like I'm more of an artist. Well, now there is a place that you can go and maybe you can have that more creative freedom or maybe people in AEW because I feel like WWE is always going to be the dream for people. Yeah. So if you show yourself on that national stage in AEW, then you can work your way to be on WWE's radar the same way how people did with TNA in the mid-2000s. 
Damon, thank you for joining us here on Wrestling Windown, and we hope to see you in the ring again soon with FSW. All right, thank you. And one last plug, um, FSW, the 10th anniversary show, is going to be at Samstown Casino, June 23rd. So if anybody is in the Vegas area and wants to come see some wrestling, the main event's going to be Chris Bay for the FSW Heavyweight Championship against Killer Cross. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Wrestling Wind Down. You can tune in to all of our episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Google Play. You can also find us on Twitter and Instagram at WWDCast. That is at WWDCAST. You can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We upload episodes every Saturday. Until next time, enjoy your wine and, of course, enjoy your wrestling. Cheers! Cheers.